0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 10 of the podcast. Ryan is back with me today. I'm going to talk about the Phoenix Suns and their outstanding game one win behind Chris Paul's massive game. Um, Devin Booker contributing, Aiton as well. And then hockey, some big news in hockey, the Lightning win again. And uh, the Euro finals is going to be happening this weekend. So it should be exciting. Um, So like I said, Suns go up 1-0 on Bucks um, behind our big three's performance, Aiton, Paul, and Booker. Um, Ryan, any predictions for tonight's game? Well, we're going to talk about it more, but what's your overall prediction for tonight?
1: What's going on, guys? I'm back again, but uh, once again, my prediction for this night tonight is I'm going to go with my Bucks. I think they're going to tie up the series. I do like the Suns, but I think Giannis got some more rest. He's going to be able to play a little bit longer. And then I think uh, Middleton is going to step up again, like he usually does occasionally. So we'll see. We'll, we'll go more in, more into detail, but right. that's Middleton. my my prediction.
0: Yeah, Middleton's been hit or miss um, for his whole career now, I think. Uh, so he needs to step up big tonight. And then I didn't talk about this last episode, I think, but the Pistons got the first pick in the draft. They won the lottery. So Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State, he's a six eight guard, like sort of that, new prototype big guard like Lamelo ball ask he will probably be going to detroit um we'll talk more about that when the time comes and then nhl ryan you want to give me your thoughts on the finals
1: yep uh lightning go back to back and i think it was not a surprise to anyone the lightning were a far better team than the canadians and you know the lightning were 18 million over cap but it's legal there's a loophole i don't you know the Lightning played it better. Everyone's upset that the Lightning are over cap and won, but you know you do what you gotta do, and they deserve to win it. So, congratulations to Lightning for going back to back.
0: Right? Do you think if the Knights were to beat the Canadians, that that series would have been much tighter?
1: I think it would have been, maybe been Lightning in six, but uh, I still I thought there was no way the Lightning didn't win once they had healthy player, like they had their full healthy roster for playoffs.
0: Got it. Um, moving on to soccer. Will Lionel Messi win his first um, champ, uh, his first lift, his first trophy with Argentina? First
1: international trophy possibility, and I think everyone's excited.
0: It's it's been a long time coming. He hasn't been able to do it. Um, They're set to face Brazil, who's definitely the favorite in that game. So that's uh, you have to keep your eye close out for that one. Um, I I mean I really want Messi to win this, but Brazil's obviously the best team in South America. So that's gonna be a really tough game for them to win.
1: Um, you think uh, you think Messi has any chance of leading Argentina to a victory here? I think he does.
0: I the only I can't see Argentina winning in regular time. It would have to be in extra time or penalties. I think Brazil's too good for that. Um, but I think everyone's rooting for Messi to win one last time.
1: How awesome Argentina. would it, how awesome would it be? well two things how awesome would it be if uh, Messi had like the clinching goal in extra time for Argentina to win it?
0: the media would go absolutely crazy.
1: And the second do. thing uh, people are saying, and I think I agree with them. but I, I think Messi's the GOAT anyways. But do you think if he gets an international trophy, it'll for sure set them at, set Messi as the GOAT?
0: I think for sure. I think if he wins the Copa against Brazil, Brazil's a much more complete team, that it would be like the, if the Canadians were to beat the Lightning in, in a way. Um, whereas Argentina only has a few great players and then brazil their whole their whole roster maybe even their the second maybe their subs are even better than than the full argentina roster so great. i think yes this this pushes Messi over the bump if he's not there already um Fair, but
1: moving on to the euros though we had a couple games decided you know italy winning in penalty kicks and england with a questionable penalty call an extra time but- yeah
0: did you think that was a penalty
1: Honestly, I watched it over and over again. And the only reason I think it is a penalty is because how much control Sterling had. Like, he had complete control of the ball, and then he was pushed. It was light, and he did, you know, flop a bit. But I feel like that's, that should have been a penalty. I, at the end of the day, England was the better team and outplayed. Yeah. Um, Denmark, but for sure, you know.
0: You, you know, at the end of the day, I totally agree with you. England was outplaying them at that time. And I think if Sterling didn't get the penalty there they were bound to score before the end of um extra time whether it was harry kane or um sterling so i do think england would have won that game penalty a bit controversial but we got the final that we really wanted in italy and england we're going to talk about that more later but these are I i think along with france the three best and most complete teams in the world right now um so now Moving on to the game one takeaways, I'm sure everyone watched a little bit or all of game one. Obviously, I watched all of it, and free throw shooting was the first thing that st- that stood out to me. Suns 96% from the line, box only 56%. Giannis shot, I believe, around 50 or 55%. It was just not good enough from the box. And both, both teams are great on defense, but uh, to to let the Suns have 26 free throws when we're not even a, an attacking team, I mean we we don't have anyone who really cuts and drives into the lane as is like a slasher so for for us to have twenty six free throws that's unacceptable for the Bucks. Um and three point shooting we got the Bucks shot better than us from three point from the from the three point line and we we still won by a lot. So how level one to ten, how concerned are you about that that those two takeaways?
1: Well I don't know. If you're the Suns and you didn't shoot well from three and you still won that's Uh, pretty scary for the bucks and because you know the suns they can lock in from the three-point range like booker hasn't been himself since about round two you know and once booker gets hot i don't think the bucks have a chance but i mean in the free throw wise like you said unacceptable for the bucks allowing way too many free points
0: yeah exactly and if you allow 26 free throws you better be shooting around 20 as well and making around 20 and that obviously didn't happen I want to talk about Jay Crowder. He start, he, he's been starting at power forward for us for a while now. He only had one point uh, in last in the last game. 0 for 8 from field goal. He did have nine rebounds. He had the highest plus minus on either team. That, that tells me he is a presence everywhere on the floor, even on offense sometimes. I mean, if you go 0 for 8 and you have the highest plus minus, that really tells me something. He, he wants to win. Our whole team wants to win. And I love what he's doing on the defensive end. And I think, or you want to talk about uh, Lopez or Crowder?
1: Just to like mention something, quick something on Crowder from what I've been noticing is that he's like a big energy and big um, for the morality of the Suns team. Like when Crowder is, you know, even if he's struggling, he's still there hyping up the team, getting that energy up, not letting them get down. And then, of course, helping defensively as much as he can, and like you said, with the positive plus minus, it's insane. Despite his horrible, you know, game, you know, at the end of the day, he didn't play great at all. He's played right. much better, but you know, still, the Suns were able to win Game One with poor performances from some of their stars. But you know, I think uh, the Suns they have a really good. They're in the driver's seat for sure. Like yeah. up one zero, better team overall. I don't know. We'll see.
0: And then uh, moving on to the Bucks situation, Brooke Lopez. Did play well at the beginning, five offensive rebounds, three of five from the three-point line, 17 points. Um, Didn't have a great plus-minus, so they were better without him on the floor. Now, Lopez, at the end of the Hawks series, really stepped up for them, and that was because Clint Capella really struggled guarding at the perimeter, and I think Aiton's much better guarding from the perimeter, and even down low compared to Capella, and... I don't think Brooke Lopez has had a force like Aiton before in this playoffs. And that's why I think he's struggling. I'll move on to the last thing on this slide. The Suns in this, we're outstanding out of halftime. We are outstanding out of timeouts due to Monty Williams play calling and leadership and how calm he is. In my opinion, we outscored them by eight to start the third quarter. And that really set the tone for the whole, Second half, um, that was when CP3 started to go off, and I was really impressed with our third quarter run and all of our third quarter w- runs during this postseason.
1: Do you think uh, Monty Williams um, is going to change any game plan if Giannis starts to catch heat?
0: I do. So, I'll, I I actually mentioned this on the slide. I think that Tori Craig should be on Giannis more. I think Craig deserves more minutes on Giannis, and then. What, what I put here is I think Monty, what he'll do if Giannis catches fire, like you just told me, he'll put Tori Craig on Giannis. If Giannis goes to the top of the key, Booker will help off Drew Holiday because Drew Holiday is not a great shooter, as we know from the three point line. And then I think if he goes down, if Giannis goes down low, then you have Aiden and Crowder to help out there. So I think we have it figured out. I, how do you feel about this? But I am totally fine with letting Giannis shoot jumpers.
1: This oh, year. yeah. Completely. I mean, that's is poor part of his game. Everyone knows that right. and if you can really protect the paint and force them to take some mid ranges, then it's going to be harder for the bucks to score. But then again, if they do that, then that means they're leaving the three point line, probably relatively open for some of the other bucks role players to step up. And that's why yeah. like we mentioned if Middleton has a good game, like I think he will have tonight, then then uh, the Suns will have to start playing more perimeter defense, which then opens up the paint again. So it's like this whole cycle, you know. Exactly.
0: Is- and I mentioned it earlier, the Bucks shot well from the three-point line last game, and we still won by a lot. So exactly. that, that that's that's my reasoning behind why I think the Suns are going to take, well, they have control of the series and why, and why they're going to really take a, a leap during this game and um, hopefully in Milwaukee as well. I'll start out with some of the news out of the Suns' camp um Dario Saric ACL he's out that's a big blow because our only weakness in our roster is that we don't have a a backup big man and now we're gonna have to see Kaminsky start play at the five who as we know doesn't play that often uh Torrey Craig's gonna have more minutes which I'm happy about then maybe we'll see our rookie um he was drafted I think 10th or 12th overall Jalen Smith from Maryland he might get a few minutes. Um, how big of a factor do you think Saric is being out for the series?
1: Like you said, you know, having not that deep depth for your big man, it's it's really rough. And I think maybe the Bucks take advantage of this, truly. I mean, they're going to be, the Suns are, at the end of the day, they're going to be tired. And if they can take advantage of the pain and take advantage of bowling down low, that's how the Bucks win games. And with Saric out, like, helping helping with defending in there and it's going to be rough to see um for the suns defensively if you know what i mean
0: yeah and i i think that um i think we're be- we're definitely the deepest team in the league especially when it comes to guards and forwards but when oh, sure. it comes to the big men um with Sara chow it's really just aiden and kaminsky there and that poses a big issue because we're not going to play eight and 40 minutes a game.
1: That's true. But you Aiton might have to, he played well in game one for sure. And
0: yeah. And know, if there's, if there's one big man in this league that can, that can play 40 minutes a game, it's Deandre Ayton um, because he does, he gets fatigued, but not like the other centers, like Jokic or Embiid.
1: No. Yeah. He doesn't need to, because he's also not a huge factor on offense. He's not big getting your offensive boards or playing through the paint or anything. So right, a-
0: he's more of a screen and roll guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, what Monty probably should do is just is just have Aiden worry about defense and just you know being there in the paint just in case he can get an offensive board just so he maintains his stamina because so, they, they're going to really need him from the rest of the series.
0: Right, and and to what I just said about Jokic and Embiid, I feel like on offense, Jokic and Embiid are really creating themselves and they have to work for what they're creating, whereas Aiton, most of Aiden's points, I'd say over 50%, are just wide open layups or dunks coming off of screens. And that, is, that does so much for a guy like Aiden, who's a young center in this league. And credit to Chris Paul for bringing him to a different level, really.
1: I'm sure 80% of his points come off an assist.
0: Oh, I'd say more. And that and that really shows that we're we're playing through a system here. We're not playing isolation basketball like they do in Atlanta or really probably half the teams in the league. We're playing... What Monty Williams calls and what Chris Paul calls and what Devin Booker wants, so
1: team basketball for sure,
0: for sure. It's fun to watch. Um, Bridges and Cam Johnson—they've been outstanding this postseason, outstanding the whole year, really. Um, they are most important role players, and they were not one and duns. You see, everyone nowadays drafting one and duns. I mean, you guys drafted Kevin Knox a few years ago, and that's that hasn't turned out well at all. No, and no. And we drafted similar players in Bridges and Cam Johnson who won national championships in college who were there for at least three or four years. And it's really paying off. And I think the league should take notice of that. And to the point that you don't have to draft freshmen coming out of college that are 18 years old. It's fine to draft 20, 21-year-olds that have a few more years of experience because as we see now, Bridges and Cam Johnson, you could insert them right into an NBA Finals game and they're good to
1: go. For sure, I think experience. I'd rather take a a guy that's a junior and has worse stats than a freshman that has better stats because the freshmen it, they just don't have that experience and they they don't know how to adjust yet. Yet the juniors they have more, you know, they can probably adjust quicker to the NBA than any young guys. Totally. But it's that risk. Like, do you risk not going, like, not drafting those young guys because they might be higher on the board?
0: Right, and that that's the thing. I feel like. I mean, I keep bringing up Kevin Knox because I know he's on your team and he hasn't really performed that well. But it's like at the end of the day, Kevin Knox had better stats than Bridges, and Kevin Knox was about two or three years younger than Bridges. So at that point, you're really choosing, do you want the guy who's maybe more ready or the guy who has more raw talent? And I think we made the right choice.
1: Yeah, it worked out for the Suns at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then last thing I'll say about us, the other big three – Cam Johnson, who I mentioned, Bridges, who I mentioned, and Cameron Payne. Let's give it up for Cameron Payne. Has had a great, great playoffs, really. He played decent last game, but those three need to keep playing on both ends and combine for at least 30 every game. They combined for 34 last game with Bridges putting up 14. He was really the leader of those three because he's the one that starts. And um, I'm looking for them to have a big game uh, this next game.
1: Unpopular opinion, but the games that I've mostly enjoyed for the the Suns this year in the playoffs have been when Bridges has gone off. And I I just love those moments when he has those like those little streaks where he just has the hot hand and they catch heat and then it's just like it's someone other than you know Paul and Booker contributing and I'd love to see it.
0: Well that's why unlike many others, I feel like we're the best team in the league because you never know who can beat you on a single day. It could be Cam Johnson. It could be Payne who makes three or four three-pointers a game. Bridges can play on both ends of the floor. Even Crowder can be a presence on defense. You never know who's going to beat you.
1: I will ask you, because this has been a huge controversial question. Do you think if, you know, this is in theory, do you think if we turned off injuries like we do in 2K, Mm -hmm. think the Suns would still be in the finals?
0: So I've been hearing this a lot. I've been getting backlash about this, that no, you guys – no way with the healthy uh, AD, you guys would have advanced. Well, by the way, Chris Paul was has had a bunch of injuries this postseason. So if you tell me you're going to turn off injuries and Chris Paul's all the way healthy, Saric is healthy, everyone's healthy, we take the Lakers in six or seven still. I think because I think LeBron wasn't wasn't prepared for us. I'll I'll say it. LeBron wasn't prepared and he was fatigued. Um, I'll say. We beat the, we obviously beat the Nuggets. I mean, Jamal Murray's back in your case, but we beat him in six now instead of four.
1: Mm-hmm. This is where sure. it
0: gets interesting with the Clippers. What do you think about the Clippers' Suns?
1: I would agree. I think, I think round one, you'd beat the Lakers. Which not
0: everyone thinks. Everyone is really against me on that.
1: I, well, I'm also I'm biased against the Lakers, but still, I think the Suns would take him. Right. I think, like you said, Jamal would take a couple games. They, would, of course, wouldn't get swept. Yeah, but I do think would get that but I'd say this I think with a healthy Kawhi the Clippers take you
0: With a healthy Kawhi. It's tough to say because We haven't seen Kawhi play in a while. Um, I think that game is definitely that series definitely goes six or seven games It's tough oh, It's So tough because the Clippers are deep as well. I think the Suns are a little bit deeper but oh. It's tough to root against Kawhi because he's been there and he's done that before. So
1: not just any Kawhi, it's playoff Kawhi.
0: Playoff Kawhi, that's true. I'm not going to comment on that. I think that series goes seven, and I do not know who's going to win. But that series definitely goes seven. I that's think. True. Do you want to talk about now to real time? Um, no hypotheticals. Do you want to talk talk about the Bucks and what they need to do for Game Two?
1: Yeah. Um. I think I'll go off what I've been saying is today. The biggest part of the Bucks team isn't even Giannis. It's his it's his supporters, his supporting cast. And we have already established the Suns have a better supporting cast. But I will say this: when Middleton and Drew Holiday, Cat, like they are having a good game, it's gonna it's really hard to beat the Bucks. I think you would agree with me there.
0: Yeah, no, I do.
1: So, um, like you have listed down here, they both need to be exceptional in order for them to win the series, and that's this is not debatable. Like,
0: yeah, they can't be shooting 40 percent from the field goal. From, no, from the field they, goal. they
1: need to be shooting 50 60 of core, they need to be combining for probably around 50 points. I'm be honest here because I think Giannis will get to 25 to 30. You know, yeah, that's 80 points right there. And it's you know, kind of like the Nets' big three numbers, but it's what you need to do in order to beat the Suns team. We, we haven't seen a team be being able to do that in the best of seven series yet, so I yeah. think. You know, if Middleton and Drew are hot, it's hard to defend them as well as Giannis because that opens up so much space.
0: Right. I do think the key for game two, and obviously this is kind of weird because I'm um, the Suns fan and I'm, I'm kind of game planning against the Suns and what I'm trying to say, but, you know, you got to get Aiden in foul trouble. You got to get Aiden uncomfortable because Aiden was very comfortable game one. And if he gets into foul trouble, you're left with Frank Kaminsky playing the five. And if you're the Bucks, you're licking your chops at that. So I do think that they need to attack Aiden when he's on the floor. Milton and Drew have to be amazing, like you said. And two more things I'll say. Giannis needs to have a LeBron-type series where he somehow trusts his teammates, he shoots well from the midrange, and last but not least, you agree with this. He cannot get into foul trouble. If he gets into no. foul trouble, this series is over.
1: Mm-hmm. Giannis off the floor, it's a it's a sweep for the Suns for sure. And uh, yeah, well, I was just gonna say this real quick is that Giannis. If you look at it, if he wins, if he wins the ring, which I, I don't, I really don't think is gonna happen. But if he does win this series, he has two MVPs in an NBA Finals on his belt already.
0: And does he have a few Defense Player of the Years?
1: Of course, that too. And then he also has a possible NBA Finals MVP. Like he has a, he's also very young still. Mm-hmm. Like people weren't talking about this, but do you think he could be in goat talk?
0: Um, so let me let me tell you this. You can't be a goat if you can't
1: shoot the basketball. I agree. But if he was able to establish a jump shot and win a couple like win like three more rings.
0: Yeah, I, sure. I mean, he'd be like top seven, I think.
1: Top seven. I don't know because everyone's talking about Luca. I think Luca has the potential too. But I think
0: Giannis is going to be ten times better than Luca. I, I I'm not a Luca hater, but everyone knows that I'm not like the highest on Luca.
1: Unlike me, I uh, here.
0: Unlike you, How of course. Luka, there's you right to my right. Exactly. So I do think Giannis has a better career than Luca when it's all said and done. But let me tell you this: if somehow, some way, I'm crying. In my bed in like a week or two because the Suns lose this series mm. and Giannis just goes takeover mode, and obviously he he has to win Finals MVP if they're going to win this series. That brings up the conversation is that well, first of all, he's the best player in the league at that point. Him and Kevin Durant will be shared tied for the best player in the league, probably. You think? Yeah. If no, if if Giannis wins this series somehow, some way, I think he's tied for the best player in the league. Well, I,
1: what I find crazy is that I've seen top five players in NBA now, um, like past few weeks, of course, and Giannis isn't anyone's top five. I'm like, this guy just won back-to-back MVPs before this year. so like, Right.
0: The, the reason they don't is because he's never been to the finals, and now he has, and if he ends up pushing Milwaukee over the hump, there shouldn't be a conversation because what he's going to need to do for the next – to win four games against the Phoenix Suns is going to be LeBron like. And we all agree that ever, before, prior to this year, maybe last year as well, that LeBron was the best player in the league for what 8, 9 years probably. Probably easily. Even though we're not big LeBron fans, we can agree with that. Yeah. And Giannis is going to have to have those like 35, 15 and like seven ball games for them to win.
1: And so, he's yeah. already proven he can do it. It's just matter. Right, of
0: but facts. I think Monty's too good of a coach to let that happen to us. I will say
1: that. You think? Uh, I saw this really interesting article. I didn't read it all the way. I probably should. But this guy is speculating that if Giannis wins a ring, he'll stay a Buck as, like probably a majority of his career.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, uh, he'll, he'll sign. Up. I think he'll sign one more extension. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I
1: agree with. I think that's that's an interesting thing, and I think he probably would.
0: Yeah. Last thing I'll say before we move on, because we've been on this series for a while now, um, Bryn Forbes and Pat Connaughton. 40 combined minutes, four of eight from the three point line. They have to be the X factors from the three point line because we're going to, Giannis is obviously going to draw attention down low and they are going to have to hit three pointers for them to have a chance in this game. So here's my series overview prediction. I think the Suns take game two tonight by a closer margin. Booker is going to be guarded more tightly, leading the other big three, which I mentioned earlier, to have big games. Bucks take game three at home um booker struggles away and middleton is better at home so that's that's what i think there phoenix goes up 3-1 similar to the clipper series where we take game four i think it turns into a blowout there and game five in phoenix i think the phoenix suns my phoenix suns finally win a championship in a six or seven point game cp3 gets the finals mvp
1: that'd be awesome and i think the only way this series goes far is if the bucks win game two tonight
0: yeah, totally agree. Bucks need to win game two. Ryan and I both agree on that. If they don't win game two, this is a four or five game series. Moving on to the final, the Euro final. Here are the projected lineups, pretty much what we saw during the last game. Um, I, you know, for, at the first look at it, England is very young. Most of their guys are like 22, 23 years old. Italy's guys are more seasoned. There's a few younger guys on there like Chiesa and Barella. But um, Verratti and Jorginho have been around for a while. Both the center backs have been around for a while. And, yeah, that's pretty much what I see. Do you, do any players stand out on you for uh, on the England side?
1: Well, I'm going to be biased here, but I love Mason Mount. And I think he will score a goal here in the final but uh
0: if he starts if he starts no i know
1: everyone's saying he's not gonna start and i think he won't either but i'm just kidding but my real uh, standout player is probably kane it's, it's boring pick but kane's a stud and he was he showed that in the world cup a couple years ago and he he hasn't really showed it too much in this year's Euro. Year. he hasn't been that x-factor goal scorer like he was um back in uh in russia but if Kane can get a goal and be that presence like he usually has been for England then I think England can take this one.
0: Right. I I do, I'm going to talk about this in in next slide I believe but I think that England has a much deeper team than Italy but I think Italy's starting lineup is much better and more experienced than England. I think um,
1: experience of course goes to Italy. It's not England. Right. Exactly.
0: And it's and Italy didn't even qualify for the World Cup last time because They had coaching issues and they had player issues and whatnot. But this Euros, I think Italy has been the best team. And I think – and a lot of people are saying England. But when you watch Italy, even though – you know, they played tough teams. Spain was tough. Belgium was tough. But they've come through every time, um, whether they were on their back foot, whether they were underdogs coming into extra time or whatnot. But they have shown real resilience. So that's why – you'll see here, I'm taking Italy. My first prediction is a draw after 90 minutes. Then England brings on Jag Grealish and Sancho or Rashford or whichever attacking guys that they want. And they look stronger, but Italy sends it or drags it rather to pens where they win. Um, my other prediction is Italy pulls ahead late um, and makes it 1-0 where England cannot score. How do you feel this game's going?
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a complete opposite direction here. I think England will win it two to one in in regulation. I think it's not gonna go to extra time. I think there's gonna be a tie after halftime at one, and then I think just like how I mean, kind of similar to the semifinal match, England looks very strong in the second half, and then uh, they'll win around the seventieth minute.
0: Right. I mean, I, I disagree with you. I think Italy's the best team in this tournament. I think Italy's the team to beat. They're the underdogs coming in this match. But I do think that um, Italy's going to take this one, and it will not come home this year. They will have to it wait.
1: come at home.
0: They, they, I think they'll have to wait for it to come home. And then,
1: I do have a question for you quickly. Yeah, though. go for it. Um, out of these two teams, which one do you think will be most successful in the World Cup next year? I think England,
0: because they'll lose. I think mm. England will lose this, and it'll put a lot of pressure on them we not pressure, but I think England needs to win the World Cup. This is like a this would be a big deal. They need to win one of these, the Euro or the World Cup, and I think that going in the World Cup that England, I think Italy's getting a little bit older as well, um, and it's hard to win Euros and World Cup. Um, it's very tough to do. So,
1: do you think uh, any? Like ch- I know you said it's very difficult. And I, I'm not sure if it's ever happened before. Probably, but. Do you think there's any chance that the winner of this Euro final can win the World Cup?
0: I believe that Italy, Italy did it. I think Italy's done it before. Um, however, I don't. I think France. Obviously, France won last time, and France will be the favorites coming in. But I think it's going to be between France and England for the World Cup because I don't. I can't really see another team contesting. Oh, Brazil! That's I think Brazil can know. contest. I think those. Those are my three favorites france england
1: and brazil this would never happen but can you imagine a argentina versus portugal world cup final
0: that would cause a war no matter who would win that game oh, that would
1: be even though portugal's a far better team it would be an it'd be a crazy just immediate, immediate. no doubt so
0: but back to this game or that would be i mean it will bring back this clip if, if that happens years from now mm-hmm. but the, the keys for England really they need to be clinical they got chances against Denmark in that game they got a lot of chances but they really couldn't finish um, and Italy has a great defense and they're gonna need, need to take control of the outsides because Spinazzola the best really wing back for Italy went down with an ACL um, a few games ago against Belgium and now their wingbacks are not as good um, so I think England will have to take control of the outside, which is why Sterling and Grealish need to get going for them. Um, and England's going to have the advantage off the bench, definitely, and that's where they have to focus on. Um, if they have it tied up going into extra extra time, I think the England really has the advantage. But Italy's defense is great.
1: Yeah, Italy's defense—they're—they're they're very experienced. That they definitely have the defensive advantage. Right. So these are my best bets
0: of the next week. There's a lot of things here, so I'm only going to mentioned some of them Suns are favored by five in game two i i do like that line maybe by a little bit um i, I do think the series correct score to be Suns four nil or four one you could look at that at plus 150 i think that's a really solid line for that going to the nfl this is interesting cardinals over eight and a half wins do you take over or
1: under there I'm sorry, but I'm taking the under. Under? So you think we're not going to the playoffs, obviously. I think you guys are going 8-9 going and nine just because of how difficult that division is. I, I think you're the third best. I think the Seahawks are unbelievably the worst now. To, uh, but
0: yeah, yeah, I put that there. Seahawks under 9.5 wins. You, 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 are you with me on the under there?
1: Yeah, I'm with you on the under.
0: Okay, that sounds good. I, I mean, R- Wilson scares me because he may prove us wrong but I'm on the under there because their defense isn't that good. Um, I will say J- Jamin Davis, the new linebacker, we mentioned him really our first episode when we were doing the NFL draft. Um, he's for defense work of the year. He's plus 900 with Washington's defense and Ryan Kerrigan now on the Eagles. I believe Jamin Davis has the opportunity to be the number one linebacker there and behind that front four or five that they have with Chase Young and Ioannidis and, montez Swe- Mo- sweat and whoever they have which is really good i, I like him to win r- defensive rookie of the year this year i don't mind that pick
1: yeah Uh that's a probably your one of your best defensive rookie of the year picks for, right for sure yeah and then with that i'll take washington over
0: eight and a half wins and then mm-hmm. at the bottom of the screen you'll see nfc east top two teams reds or redskins washington and new york giants and um I'll take both those to finish top two because I don't think the Cowboys are, or Eagles are going top two.
1: The Eagles those, are for sure number four, and I think no chance they're any higher.
0: Right. Um,
1: and then I think Cowboys and Giants fight for the set, that second spot, and then Washington runs – not runs away with it, but they're the clear favorite.
0: Right. So I, I like those odds, though, plus almost 700 for those two teams to finish top two. Um, the thing, I don't the thing
1: is, though, maybe you don't bet Washington because the NFC East has never seen a repeat champion since 2000. Or um, like early, point. early 2000s.
0: That's a good point. So I, I, I look today, the favorites are Cowboys, Washington's close second, Giants are far third, I think plus 500 ish on that to win the NFC East. So that's a shout. And then uh, Carson Wentz comeback player of the year. Your thoughts on that? I, I know I'm high in the Colts this year.
1: I like the Colts and I still have faith in Carson Wentz. So I'm going to agree with you. I don't see, I'm not thinking of anyone that could win comeback player of the year. Um, I'm, oh, of course, my boy, Saquon Barkley, he could. Or
0: McCaffrey. McCaffrey, Barkley, and Wentz, those are my three picks. Yeah, of
1: course. And even Dak Prescott, you know.
0: Be- because the defense, or well, the defense is, has gotten a lot better in that division, but that division overall is not the best. Yeah.
1: Well, Carson Wentz is now playing behind at a good O-line, and it can probably prove why he was an MVP candidate in 2017.
0: Exactly. No, you're, you're 100% right. So I, I, I like that pick this year. Um, Moving on to the Euro picks, Italy money line is plus 200. So that's in regulation. So that's... Very interesting. Uh, Chiesa, who scored last game to have a goal in Italy to win, is has very good odds. And then the method of victory, Italy in a shootout. I might you might want to sprinkle some money on that, plus nine hundred, because I think if this game goes to extra time and then Italy somehow holds on, I think Italy wins in a shootout because I they're think, very I good
1: think no way this game goes to a shootout. I, I
0: disagree. I think there's a very good chance it does.
1: I think it will be decided probably regulation but i think if it does go to extra time there's no way it stays tied
0: i think if this game goes to extra, tide, it goes to penal- extra time it goes to penalties see um, yeah. i'm on that right now
1: we are very different on this this year Euro- i think
0: i think england italy controls the first 90 minutes england controls extra time italy does not let them score an extra time goes to penalties italy wins in a shootout
1: what i know i'm not sure if we're gonna talk we're not gonna talk about today but quick overview um what's your prediction for the copa america final
0: so I don't follow the Copa America as much as Euro, obviously, because Euro is mostly on TV and Copa is not. Yes. Um, but I do, as much as I want to say Messi wins, I do think Brazil wins 2-1. to one.
1: I think Brazil wins 2-1, to one, but, but Messi gets a goal.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I don't know who's going to score. Messi will probably score, or Martinez, their striker. He's good. Messi
1: has been incredible this Copa America. He's, 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 he's incredible goal- every Copa. Yeah, he like, had a goal and assist on like nearly every scoring uh, yeah. score for the for Argentina.
0: So we both agree that uh, Brazil wins by probably a goal or something of that sort. So two graphics I want to bring up before we close it out. The, this is CBS on the right. Uh, top receivers for next season. I look at this list and a few things pop out at me. The first one, DK Metcalf. I mean, what do you what are you thinking? He's um,
1: not number four.
0: Yeah. I, first of all, Hopkins should be number four, I think, for sure. Agreed. And then I'm fine with that top four. I'm fine with Adams, Hill, Diggs, Hopkins, and whatever order you like. Yeah.
1: I, I love AJ Brown, but he is not number seven. I really like AJ Brown, but I, God, it's tough not to put Julio there. It's true, but how do you put AJ Brown and DK over Terry McLaurin?
0: That, that's another good point. And I think, Michael Thomas at 10. You know, it's tough to see with the quarterback situation, but Thomas, you know, his um, skill set is better than number 10, I think.
1: Boy, yeah.
0: Well, whatever you want to call it. And then I Keenan think, Allen, number nine. Still put,
1: I still think you put Thomas over Keenan Allen. I think
0: you put Thomas at number seven, and then yeah. you put Keenan Allen at number maybe eight, even. Jefferson, I, I said my take on Jefferson last time, but I think. Terry McLaurin deserves to be in the top 10 conversation. Um, not top five yet, but I think definitely top 10. But um, that was just an interesting, interesting graphic that I saw this morning. Very and true. the last one, LeBron traded his young core. CP3 took his young core to the finals. Mic drop.
1: Wow. I, I love that.
0: Uh, that. Is that, is that not a hundred percent true or is that a hundred percent? true? Completely true. hundred percent true. I think I mean Brandon Ingram is a, is is a star. Brandon Ingram is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't they wouldn't have Anthony Davis, but I don't think LeBron was patient enough. And you know, well, he got his one ring, sure, but he
1: he, he wants he wants to get another ring or two before he retires. But I don't think that
0: team's a dynasty because it's AD LeBron and who else?
1: Dennis Schroeder. No, but uh, yeah,
0: no, ex- and Schroeder's I like Schroeder. Schroeder's good, but he just doesn't fit with that team because. I think LeBron forced him to play like someone he wasn't, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just want – I would love CP3 to get a a ring. It would be great. I think
0: CP3 gets the ring. Um, Suns Bucks tonight at 6 our time, 6 Pacific time. We will be tuning in. I hope you guys tune in as well. It's been a great episode, and we will see you guys soon. Um, Next episode will be coming out soon. We should get a little bit more in the NFL as the season comes closer and um yeah thanks for joining guys we'll see you next time
1: next time